calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. You're listening to Book Club Babes. Let's get into it. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you? We've got a special guest today. I'm extra good today. Why? Who do we have? We have our one of our um, recommended by one of our BFFs of the pod. Um, Angeline Booley is introduced us to... I love Angeline. Hi, I am Lily Mead, author of The Shadow Sister, and I have just been having a ball seeing you guys all read The Shadow Sister and post your reactions, and I'm so excited to talk to you guys today. We're really We're excited, so excited to have you. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness, we are so um, lovely. And we actually, I don't know if you saw, but we got to go and hang out with Angeline for a few I days. Did. And we were Isn't just her obsessed place about- so beautiful? It's gorgeous. We were just obsessed about like talking about your book and we were all like, um, well, she had already read it, but so she was like, we were like, no spoilers, but like, oh my gosh, we can't stop Mm -hmm. reading. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I finished your book on the plane ride home actually from Angeline's and I was like, oh, Chantel had already finished it. So I would Mm -hmm. be like, and she was like, yeah. And I'm like, She is amazing and so, so talented. I am just like forever in awe that she has taken me under her wing. Uh, She's just awesome. We could spend the whole time talking about her. (laughs) We probably (laughs) like that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I also would have to say that you are incredibly talented too. Like this is your debut novel and I'm like already obsessed. I'm like, where's your next book? Hello. Mm -hmm. You tackled (laughs) so much. Yes such an interesting storyline um Mm -hmm. kudos to you because you killed it but shall we get into it yes speaking of okay Okay. so um my first question is the fantasy aspect in this book is so well done and approachable like this is the type of fantasy that I love um how did you decide to sprinkle in just that like just that right amount I guess um that where it didn't seem so unrealistic or like fantasy-esque by the end of the book you're like yeah that could happen in real life Mm -hmm. (laughs) actually that was like really 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 hard because I knew that a big part of this book was you spend a lot of time wondering if there is a fantastical element or what that fantastical element might be or if what is confusing and creepy about this book is just trauma (laughs) Um, yeah And so layering seeds without them being too obvious was extremely difficult. Um, I'm an underwriter. So a lot of the editing for this book was just going back and strengthening stuff. In fact, uh, uh, this is one of my favorite things to like joke about. Uh, uh, Tell us. Tell us everything. The butterflies were not in the original draft when I sold the book. Like I discovered the reason that butterflies like the reveal at the end of the book about why the butterflies are so important. I discovered that factoid after like I'd put the book on submission. And so when I talked to my editor for the first time, I was like, I recently discovered that butterflies 
blank, blank, blank. And I thought it would be cool if we put butterflies following Sutton because blank, blank, blank. And she was like, oh, that's a great idea. You should do that. And um, so I layered that into the draft. And um, it's so funny because the book is butterflies. I wear yes, butterflies. Butterflies yes. everywhere. It's every- yes. so yeah. pivotal to the book. Yes. Yeah. Wow. But, um, that's like, so interesting. I like to say that I like write real world issues through an extraordinary lens. I like, um, I that. don't really consider myself a contemporary writer. I consider myself a speculative fiction writer. Um, so that. it was actually, it was very, very fun. The fantastical element was a big driver in what excited me about the book, but it was very difficult to keep that balance. I no, can you totally did. catch. Yeah, you yes. you really did do it in such do it in such a good an way. Though. Amazing. Like, I'm yes. really not a fantasy reader. It's just not you know genres like line up with certain people, and that's just not for me. But oh my god, I'd read this book over again. It was so good because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it really kept you guessing. Like it yes. really made you be like, what is gonna happen? Yeah, I just remember Caitlin you're, the whole time. You're like, um, and the fantasy. It's it is a fantasy, and I'm like, but where? Yes. You did such a good Somebody job told hiding me it. that. <laughs> Somebody, I think it might have been Angeline who told us that there was like a yes. fantasy element. And I'm like, at one point, I was literally like, am I crazy? Am I just saying something that I made <laughs> up because I wouldn't put it past right. me? And, and that's yeah. that's how Casey feels too. Like that's, yes. that's right. what wanted both the reader yes. and. True. And Casey yeah. to be constantly On second the guessing themselves. Yeah, you did you amazing were job with us. Oh, pretty much, <laughs> I was <laughs> gaslight, girl boss, Kate Keith. <laughs> I love it. Love it. <laughs> okay, I got a question for you. So, why did you choose to make a pastor the villain slash murderer? That is also okay. That was. That was something that I meant to answer in the last question. I'm getting all discombobulated. Um, I'm just so excited to talk to you guys. Uh, ah! I, I I constantly joke that I wrote a book that I can't talk about because all of like the really interesting parts, if I tell you about them, they're spoilers. Um, oh, you can you can you can spoil because everyone who's listening has already read the book with us. Yeah. Yes. So this is this is a really exciting part because I can I can just tell you guys mm-hmm. um, that this case is inspired by a true crime case, a real true crime case from a hundred years ago about a missing young girl in France named Pauline Picard. She went missing. She was like two, maybe three years old. And then like weeks later, she was found 200 miles away. Like, and she lived in a very rural, isolated village. So that didn't make sense. And she was found in the city and her parents went to the city and she looked like her and um, she was the right age and everything. There was something slightly off, but the parents, they were just so sure, like they had convinced themselves because they wanted this nightmare that they were living to end, um, that even though she didn't seem to remember her parents or remember her native language, they brought her home and then they brought her home and she did start to fit in. She started to, she recognized the family cat and uh, she got along with her siblings. She started speaking in the normal tongue again but when they tried bringing her to where she went missing she would have like huge tantrums and freak out um and then one day a neighbor came by and it was the first time he had seen her since she'd gone missing and he took one look at her and he said god is just i am the culprit and he left and was never seen again and then soon after they found a grave that had looked like the body inside had been torn from the inside out and they were like "Ooh, this this is probably the actual pauline and then they sent the other oh. pauline back oh and she God. died in an orphanage <laughs> like a year later and what? like when i heard that story i was like whoa oh, okay we I need to look st- at this more i guess <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't stop thinking about it um and i i wondered how much of the sto- obviously like some parts of it had been like influenced with time. And there was a lot of like folklore ideas. Some people were like, oh, was she a changeling this whole time? Um, and I was like, what would this story be like if it happened in the modern day where like, like, because in the past you could just go and say, yeah, that's my kid and take them home. But now yes. there'd be like blood tests, um, DNA stuff. Yeah. And you can't really be suspicious about somebody who goes missing. Yes. Um, so I was like, who could 
who could narrate a story where you're suspicious of somebody who went through a trauma? And I was like, oh, a sibling, because a sibling has all yes. sorts of complicated thoughts. Yes, um, especially yeah. with their like kind of tumultuous relationship. Mm-hmm. You didn't think I I agreed with Casey. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is sus. Yeah. Like, I wasn't like, ew, what a bad person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I chose I chose a pastor because I wanted somebody that would would really be trusted. And I also wanted somebody who, when he discovered that she was back, would completely lose it. <laughs> right. Right. Because yep. that doesn't yep. align with anything mm-hmm. that he teaches or, yeah, that makes sense. What is your favorite Taylor Swift Easter egg in the book? <laughs> there are so oh. many Taylor Swift Easter eggs in this book. I was kind of shocked. I was like, how much Taylor Swift are they going to let me put in this book about Black identity? <laughs> But they really did. Um, Obviously, Ivy James, uh, Mm -hmm. Casey's favorite musician, is basically a fictional Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are a lot of like smaller Taylor Swift references. Uh, I think when they're heading to the final like showdown place, I think the address is like 113th in Jericho. (laughs) And the diner that... Sutton and Andrew Mita is called the garden from Betty like meet me in the garden and just gotcha. lots of little things I mean the whole the town is named Willow Bend I was just like I did not catch all of those holy no moly. I was thinking I might have yeah. to make like a little annotated edition or like a behind the scenes like how many Taylor Swift easter eggs was I allowed to slap into this book <laughs> but thousand percent should because we were trying yes. to catch them but obviously we didn't catch yes. them all because the, the biggest one is Ivy, though, especially because yes. Yes. I thought that my editor and my publisher would be like, okay, I get that she's like into fandom and stuff, but we don't need all of this Ivy stuff. We can tone it down. But my editor was actually like, tone it up. It's, it's good. And I was like, well, I was thinking maybe the next book could be about Ivy. And, and she's like, oh, in that case, definitely tone it up. And the oh. next book is about oh. Ivy. So, so oh, like the shoot. whole book itself is an Easter egg because it's teasing my next book. Oh <laughs> my gosh! I love that you're pulling That's an Angeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that love so that. Awesome. Ooh, okay. Well, Ooh. now I just am like, can I skip ahead to the questions about next book? But no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing, and I can't wait. Is there like an ETA on that book? Or are you still writing it? I don't know if I'm allowed to announce, but it mm. should be coming out next fall. And it is titled and um, it is almost done. <laughs> like I'm working on the final like chapters right now. They're literally staring at me Ooh. on the other screen. <laughs> this book has been, this book has been a lot harder than, than Shadow. Mm. Mm. Wow. Interesting. Does it parallel Taylor's life at all? Um, There's definitely way, way, way more t- Taylor Swift, uh, like, this is definitely like a love letter to Swifties but it's also it's also like actually I can tell you about it because I've I've been allowed to tell people about it at my events it's about a girl whose favorite artist Ivy James drops a surprised album with clues that lead people to like secret locations and fans obviously go to these areas hoping that they can see ivy or there'd be more clues there some like a big fandom thing but then some of the people when they get there they hear a song and when they follow that song into the woods it leads them to a secret hidden boarding school for sirens and dang yeah and my man yeah so my main character goes there and she's really excited she wants to like grow her voice and her power and become like successful like ivy and meet ivy but the longer that she's there the less it seems like a sanctuary and she has to decide what she's willing to sacrifice in order to achieve her dreams so it is similar to shadow in that um it has a character who comes from the real world and mm-hmm. is facing this um fantastical element that shifts their life but uh, it um it's definitely more fantastical than <laughs> than shadow but in a in an interesting way because i like to call it like a deconstruction of the magical boarding school trope because i was thinking like you know if you're not harry potter being at hogwarts 
is is very scary like right you're, oh, you're yeah. at a place that's supposed to be very uh, very safe and 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 cool and help you grow and then it becomes like a trap and you can't escape and you can't even contact your parents mm-hmm. and um so even though it is more fantastical than shadow it has a lot of contemporary elements because this isn't somebody who forgets that like wi-fi and like the world outside right. exists but that's... she's like she, she's like are the things that are freaking me out here enough to make me quit this dream and Mm. go back? And even can I go back? And so it's very fun, but also very ah! cool. cool. That sounds actually amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. I'd read that. Me too. Well, hopefully you can. Hopefully I finish it this week. (laughs) (laughs) You can do it. I believe in you, Lily. Thank you. You absolutely can. absolutely okay do you have a sister or sibling (laughs) if no how did you create the relationship between Sutton and Casey if yes was it based on your relationship I get this question all the time people are like Mm. do you have a sister and what does Mm -hmm. she think of that opening line Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't have any sisters I have three brothers I have three (laughs) brothers because my mom wanted me to have a sister too but eventually she's like like, no okay that's enough (laughs) eventually she's like done um so I don't have like that sister relationship by blood I do have a lot of friends I consider sisters um but the sibling rivalry definitely comes from my own sibling relationships Mm. um because it was very convincing yes yeah especially (laughs) The the lap, laptop incident where she breaks her own laptop mm-hmm. is actually taken from real life. I did not break a laptop. But when I was like 11 or 12, I don't even remember what I was mad at my brother about. But I was so furious at him that I ripped a Harry Potter book in half and and told him I was going to tell mom that he did it. And he said, I'll tell her that you did it. And I was like, she would never believe I would rip my own book in half. And he And he looked at me like I was evil incarnate yes, <laughs> yes. and I kind of was because I don't even remember what I was mad at him about but I do remember that I was like if I do this he's gonna get in trouble and there's no way it comes back on me because I would have to be insane to it oh <laughs> did he get in trouble yes. oh yeah he did he yes. did he got in big trouble my mom was like how dare you how could you he didn't this even bother blaming me. This because... is a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what that's basically what it was like. How dare it's a book. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was very, very funny. I don't even think oh, he man. even tried telling her the truth because she wouldn't have believed him and she probably would have gotten mad. Oh my yeah, like she would have been like, now you're just lying. That's, yes. that's even worse. And Why would like... she rip a book now? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's that's amazing you're a sneaky girl that's yeah. sneaky I so like that I definitely little... I definitely pulled from experience <laughs> yes oh my gosh that's amazing <laughs> okay so one of my favorite characters like supporting characters was Andrew I don't I always love like a little underdog I'm just wondering if Sutton and Andrew's relationship could e- ever be like repaired I guess not the same ever again but could that be repaired could he see the real Sutton again, I guess? Oh, absolutely. I I, I, I definitely think that they reconcile. Um, I just, there was no narrative way to bring him in for that exactly. final part. Yeah. Like, that's mm-hmm. the one thing that saddens me is that, like, he kind of, his storyline just ends when he leaves after he doesn't vibe with the real, uh, the new Sutton. Mm-hmm. Right. The, yes. the real yeah. Sutton. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I definitely believe that they reconcile. Um, and I've been asked about that before. I might have to write like a little bonus chapter. of them. Oh my gosh, you should. We're here you for totally it. We're here for should. it. Yeah, I, I, I love him a lot, especially because Sutton and Casey are kind of, they're very privileged for, yes. for um, and it's interesting because like there's a, there's a moment where Casey asks Andrew why he didn't just tell the police something that he was hiding. And he's like, are you really telling me that I should have trusted the cops? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. They mm-hmm. they come from like a different wealth background, yeah, and yeah. in a way, like even though they do face oppression in in on certain levels, there are some things that they have been protected from because of their class privilege. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And isn't that complicated? 
And it was cool to see the perspective flip even too. Like, like you're saying the girls were privileged, but then when they were on TV, like Casey was thinking like, oh, if um, Andrew was black, this would be totally different. And it was just like shocking, you know, to, to have Mm -hmm. that because it's true. Like that narrative is true. And they were both kind of, you know, it was, yeah, it was interesting. Very well done. Yeah. People like some, I've been asked before, they said she either comes from a privileged background or a very poor background I'm like I come from a very poor background (laughs) making them rich is a little bit of wish fulfillment for me because I have never ever been financially stable in my entire life um and I want that corgi um, and that pool in the backyard (laughs) me too same same I do I do have two dogs I do I I, so at least I have that um (laughs) But yeah, I come from like extreme poverty. I've been homeless a couple times and I'm still like financially insecure. Um, So I feel like that had helped me a lot with the Mm -hmm. um, social dynamics Mm -hmm. of of class. Um, I don't think a lot of people view poverty as something that like you really need to work on to get right in the Mm -hmm. way that like obviously sexuality and race um are things that you want like people from those experiences to maybe give you a second look and make sure that you're doing it correctly if you don't come from that background but like I can definitely tell when somebody who has never been poor in their life is writing a poor character yes Yes. oh that's a good point actually Mm -hmm. that's very true yes it's because you're almost like "Mm, cool yeah (laughs) yeah like I remember, I remember once I re- I was reading a book and this like person was about to be homeless and um, she was most concerned about how she was going to brush her teeth. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, mm, like that's, no, that's not it. That wasn't oh. really high on my list. No, no. <laughs> no. I was like, I, w- I wouldn't give, I, I didn't give a crap about toothpaste when I didn't have a yes. house. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Priorities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't high up there. <laughs> no. Um. Okay. Okay. My next question is about Coach. I'm still like sus on him because he's just like a creepy old white man by the sounds of it. Um, Is he like confirmed just creepy old white man? Was he like just a red herring? Is there something like more going on behind him or like in a predatory way? Because you did a really good job of like me being like, it's the coach. (laughs) He he only exists to be a red herring. Um, right. I did I did try to give him some like a slight dimension outside of that, and that like he was he was a bad coach. Like the way he was coaching the girls yes. was pushing them too far. It was injuring them. That's why mm-hmm. uh, Sutton wanted him gone. But that's not what gets him gone. He eventually right. gets arrested and fired because he was like yeah. he 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 was financially mistreating other rich people. That was more mm-hmm. important than the fact that he was hurting young girls. Oh, um, I didn't even. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this uh. is a book that rewards rereading. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 But like he didn't exist in the first book because the mystery of the story is less what happened to Sutton than mm-hmm. who she is now and mm-hmm. why she came back. Um, so originally I just had the pastor and, and my editor was like, pastor's kind of obvious I'm like he's not supposed to not be obvious Um, but like but I but I understand I don't want people to be like well I well I saw that totally coming um right yeah even though like even if you say it coming most people do not see the actual end coming so well, you oh God, no. you tricked me Chantel, at the beginning she was like oh it's the pastor for sure and I was like no and it's too obvious like... it's not the pastor there's no way and then it's yeah. the pastor yeah yeah but then you had me guessing I was like I honestly and then I was like okay it's the mom okay it's the coach okay it's Casey and she's like making this whole story up and mm-hmm. trying to get us off of her trail and I'm like and that's exactly okay, what I wanted you guys guessing yeah. like yeah mm-hmm. gassing till the end and Til still end. I was surprised and gasping what what chapter yeah. was it when it, it, I think it ended with a nine like 39 or something when I think it's Ruth and we're like oh I was like Ruth what? Ruth oh yes yeah. <laughs> so we were left on a cliffhanger that one week and we were like um excuse me, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Hey, I got a quick little question. I'm just dying to know this. Did Casey actually lie to Sutton about the timing of Ma Remy's will reading? No, she just didn't care enough to make sure that it was correct. Uh, okay, I see, I see, I see. Uh, so mm-hmm. she didn't lie. Uh, she just uh, I've I've had some people get like really, really mad at Casey because they are 100% sure that she did do that on purpose. And they're like, that's unforgivable. She's awful. I hate Casey. Team Sutton. And I, it's been very funny. People were like, Team Sutton, Team Casey. I'm like, I didn't see. I didn't realize there was a team. You're like, they love each other at the end. But no, like, I think sometimes it hurts more when somebody you care about lets you down in a really intense way, not because they were intentionally trying to screw you over, but they just didn't care enough. Um, about you and about how you would feel it makes sense because that was like really the final nail in the coffin right it needed to be something big Mm -hmm. that would actually cause like a. and Sutton tried to be vulnerable with Casey when she Mm -hmm. was coming at her about the bracelet before she breaks the laptop she was trying and Mm -hmm. Casey just didn't realize how how big of an issue this was to her yes and and Sutton was like all right you want me to be the villain I'll be the villain I mean, I'm going to be honest, though, a little bit Ma Remy's fault because she kind of like made both <laughs> the girls think it was theirs. Uh. <laughs> well, she did tell them to put all your love and hopes for the relationship into the bracelet and think about how you want to be reconnected. And they're like, all right, the bracelet will That's do the work. Mine. I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. true. And they're like, and it's mine. All hope is in it's the bracelet. Mine. It's mine. Yeah. And also, P.S. It's mine. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, I got one more question and then we can hop to oh then Chantal can ask a question I'm gonna ask a question first me first um what is up with Pastor David and Grace's relationship and did he essentially kill her I personally believe it's his it's his fault I mean I don't feel like she's entirely blameless because she could have stood up for herself but also she's a pastor's wife like she couldn't really stood up for herself um uh Obviously, this book is not super kind to um, the prosperity gospel or like fundamentalism. Mm. <laughs> my mom, my mom is a, a super big Lily Mead stan, always like telling people about my books and stuff. Aww. And as she uh, should, she be, works, yeah, she <laughs> works at like a fruit stand in the summers, and she would tell me like, "Oh, I convinced two old ladies to buy your book today," and she's like, "I didn't tell them what you said about the church." <laughs> it's just a nice little surprise for them exactly I definitely I definitely feel that Pastor David and Grace their relationship um Mm -hmm. not good I Mm -hmm. I feel like Ruth and her siblings would have been in a different position if her mother had survived because I I like I kind of hint at that by saying that like the pastor wanted all the kids homeschooled and she was like no they're going to they're going to actual school and I you can tell that the girls go to a private school but it's not like a religious private school so I think that says a bit about grace um I feel like a lot of things could have been different had she lived but she was a product of like a result of her circumstances and like the culture around her did he like want to get rid of her so that he could continue on doing his like gross murdery thing without anybody being suspicious I don't think so I feel like he just like he wasn't I don't even want to say he wasn't aware of the consequences because they were told of the consequences Mm -hmm. it just didn't matter to him Mm, Um, right and I had a very interesting reader theory. Um, somebody said that what he was doing with the other girls was like him trying to like pervert the same type of hoodoo that um, the bracelet had because he was obviously close with Isaiah and the Curitan family and would know some of the same information right. just by being with them and that he yeah. was sacrificing those girls to bring his wife back. 
And I was like, oh, that is very interesting. I was like, that was not my intention at all. But that is a very, very interesting. No, that gives him too much soul. I don't like that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I don't think he would have been bringing her back because he, like, loved her. But because he didn't want to be a single parent. (laughs) True, because he needed a caretaker. (laughs) True. Um, Okay, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And no no redeeming Pastor David here. Mm -hmm. No. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. My friend calls him murder pastor. Oh, (laughs) well, you know, we. We lovingly call him, not lovingly, hatingly call him Pastor Daddy. So, <laughs> not in a good way. Pastor Daddy. Oh my goodness. No, you I, had I to go Pastor to, Daddy to listen to this episode. Yes. We call yes. him Pastor Daddy and yes. so do our babes because that's yes. what we did. So, yes. <laughs> Pastor Daddy. Anyways, I am so sorry. Um, okay. We, I want to know a little bit more, speaking of Pastor Daddy, a.k.a. Pastor David, um, I want to know if he was, like, out there looking for more um, troubled girls while he was out, like, trying to also get funds for this kind of sketchy kids camp that he seems to be trying to build. I think maybe, like, beforehand. Okay. Um, when, yeah. when he's gone in the book it's because he's trying to hold, have an alibi for Sutton because he realizes oh, that people will care okay, about yes. Sutton way more than they cared about the other girls right uh, yes so he's trying to like distance himself so that he doesn't even come up as a suspect suspect ah uh, this makes yeah. sense yes I love right. that thank you yes. for answering that question it right. was a burning it was a burning cue from you but i don't like i don't think he was doing anything good there's like a moment where like i think ruth checks in on him and she's like you don't look good like you're you're Mm -hmm. in a a shady hotel you've got like five o'clock shadow daddy what's going on Mm -hmm. (laughs) what is going on well she's like his 17 or 16 year old daughter is literally literally being like i could use your help at home and he's like yeah okay cool he he does he does not value ruth the way that she deserves to be valued no team ruth yes team ruth yes team Team ruth Ruth, for sure yes team ruth she was a good she was a good Mm -hmm. character this one is from ashley first of all she wants to know what your favorite taylor swift album is and you gotta pick one she's huge she's a huge swifty can confirm ashley is I, I can actually answer this question finally. It used to be very difficult for me to answer, but I am an evermore girly, even though uh-huh. I've been here since the beginning. Like I sometimes like I used to hesitate before saying I was an evermore girly because I didn't want people to think I was one of those people who suddenly realized Taylor was good with her pandemic albums. Right. Because um, I've always I've always known I'm from <laughs> I, I found Taylor back in the debut era. I've been oh, here. Okay. Um, okay. But it's been three years since Evermore came out, and I still can't pick a favorite song on the album. So I'm an Evermore girl. Yep. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. Aww. I love that. Do you like yeah. Winter too? Then that was her Winter album, right? Oh yeah, I love you Winter. You like Winter? Uh-huh. It's funny because I'm a summer baby. I was born in June, but I hate the heat. I hate it so much because there's only like so many clothes you can take off. But yes. in the winter, you can always put more on. That's exactly. True. Okay. I hate the winter, but I do like wearing more clothes. So I'm going to remember you every time I put on a layer in the winter. Like, this is good. This yeah. could be layer, worse. Layer up for Lily. <laughs> layer for Lily. <laughs> okay. Um, Ashley also wants to know if you or someone in your family is also super into genealogy like Mr. Curtin, and if you have a family history of hoodoo magic as well. I don't know on uh on the black side. Mm-hmm. I, I I discussed this in the author's note and mm-hmm. a bit more in depth in an article that I wrote for um Publishers Weekly. If she'd mm-hmm. like to look that up, but um my my grandma was really on my mother's side was really into genealogy and she could trace oh, my mother's cool. white side back to um like the Mayflower and like German royalty oh, and. Wow. Um, interesting yeah on my mother's side I have an ancestor in every single American war even on both sides um wow and something like but the thing I I bring up is that the only way I know for sure that my family came from um 
slavery in America, other than my ancestry test, like basically being like, you are a North Carolina Negro. <laughs> like, like it was basically like, mm -hmm. this is, this is the exact area of where yes. you were probably enslaved. Um, and you didn't yes. know, you didn't know any of that. I didn't know exactly where, but I knew that I knew that we came from from slavery because um, there was no like immigrants on my father's side, and his last name matches a plantation. Right. So, yes, that's why I took his last name Curitan and I gave it to the family in the book, and that's part of why I made them so wealthy, and like generationally wealthy mm -hmm. because that's mm -hmm. been something that has been denied or like deliberately stripped um, from yeah. black families. Inter intergenerational wealth is something that a lot of like minority families do not have and mm -hmm. I definitely suffered because of that oh, um yeah. but I have been I've always been really passionate about like knowing where I came from and it's always really bothered me that there's like this huge gap that is not my mm -hmm. fault um and if I could have afforded being like a historian or an anthropologist uh, I probably would have done that. But again, I come from a very poor background and I had to be very practical about my career choices. And then I was like, let's be a writer. That's practical. <laughs> I'm happy that you're a writer because I'm happy you are too. <laughs> the yeah. world needed you. Yes. 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 Yeah. And and you're writing about important issues. You're not just like mm. la di da, here's like, I don't know, whatever. Like here's a yep. here's a spicy romance where it's like, oh, right. this will change the world. Like you're actually writing yes. about stuff that matters. So mm -hmm. right. that's one of the that's one of the things that like really excites me. Like I said, I write real world issues through an extraordinary lens. Like in my next mm -hmm. book, it's about like um how people like prey upon young talent and like they drain them of all their hopes and dreams until there's like nothing left of them um mm -hmm. that almost took me out of writing before I I, oh. I got published and I didn't know how to stand up for myself or like I, I didn't believe that if I took myself out of this predatory situation um that there was more opportunity for me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I didn't know that I was just one of many being treated in the same way um so yeah. I'm I'm hoping that this next book um gives a lot of strength and um courage to young talents so that they don't have to learn that lesson the same hard way oh I love, oh, that. I love that and I'm sure it will for sure oh my yeah. goodness oh. yeah oh that sounds good all right, we have another question from a babe, and this is Amber, and she's wondering, did you always have this ending in mind, or was there an alternate ending or other bad guys? Ooh. Oh, yeah, I had the, the whole book came from the idea of, like, Sutton after they discovered her body, that, that scene where... Oh. Casey realizes what's actually happened and then she's like my sister or like the thing that is pretending to be my sister is coming at me and I was like yes 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 yeah. so the whole book was written up to that point um everything is everything else all the Here's mystery the that's my <laughs> <laughs> Ser seriously let me tell the story uh, wait a second I've got something to say <laughs> yeah. I will let you finish but <laughs> that was good at the That's end serious. though at the end though the only the only person in the cabin that uh one of their ancestors that kept uh pastor daddy <laughs> from sorry. escaping the I'm fire sorry. um was the original uh, ancestor that was murdered um, mm -hmm. um mimi's mama um but then in edits we added um her daughter and um their grandmother and i really like that part because that implies oh, that ma remy wasn't originally in that part no no and, i love and, that part and i i like yeah, i like too. i like that it implies that anyone who has like either been brought back or used the the bracelet to protect 
the family, when they pass on, they will become the protectors themselves. So that means like Sutton and Casey will eventually be protecting their aunts, their descendants. And I was like, oh, I love that so much. Oh so, my God, you too. That wasn't in the original sense. ending. Originally, it was just the original person. So oh, that was pretty cool. Wow. wow. I definitely well, cried when, because yes, I think Ma Remy was introduced last. And that was mm-hmm. the person who meant like yeah. so much to Sutton and Casey. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, like, imagine being in that situation and seeing someone who you love so much, who you just lost, and they're protecting you. Like, it was just a full beautifully circle. done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. was so good. Mm-hmm. Well, I love was... the ending that you have in published. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was really yeah. proud of it. Yes. I was not expecting Sutton to be dead. I just wasn't. I just wasn't. <laughs> got me. The ending got me. It's so funny because, like, I think a lot of people suspect she might be a changeling, like that she's been mm. replaced with something else, but that, like, the real her is out there somewhere. Um, oh, but no. she's she's always been the real her. She just wasn't fully her, partially because she was brought back by, like, ancestor magic, which was, which was why she was singing slave songs. Yes. Um, yes. And um, partially because, like, part of her was decomposing. So, like, she yeah. was not fully there. She was mm-hmm. a zombie the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love how you were sprinkling that in too, because when she was losing her hair and all that stuff, you're yeah. thinking, oh, she's like declining rapidly. Like, yeah. what's going on? Is it the trauma? Like, what what mm-hmm. could it be? And then the fingernails at the end, and you're just like, oh my God, it's all making sense. <laughs> yeah, Casey, <laughs> and and right, right after they say, yeah. I love you, her fingernail comes yeah. off, and Casey's like, no, I can't lose you now. Like, without any blood, that would just, it was yeah, so well, creepy. And it was well, so creepy in my brain. Like, I was just like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> I don't want that. Okay. Here's one from Shauna. She's got two for you. The first one is why did Sutton not want to be touched by her mom so vehemently? Vehemently? I got you. Vehemently. Thank you. Yep. Okay. Um, that one. Another thing I like is people have very like strong opinions about Madison they either Mm. like they other they understand her or they hate her they hate Mm. her a lot Mm -hmm. um the same friend who calls uh pastor daddy murder pastor um (laughs) I'm gonna have to tell her you guys (laughs) she is like the president of the Sutton Curitan hate club she hates her so much and she says it's because she deals with a lot of her work she works at Barnes and Noble she's a bookseller Mm -hmm. and I'm like yeah she's a Karen but the thing is that she weaponizes her Karenness to protect her family Mm -hmm. I I like Mm -hmm. that about her Mm -hmm. um and I think part of the reason for me that Sutton doesn't fully jive with her mother is because she is sort of like brought back in in my mind the ma- the way the magic works is she's brought back but she's not fully back until she avenges her, who took her out so that's why she seems more herself in that final moment and her decaying body disappears after the pastor dies because mm-hmm. his life has been exchanged for hers so um she's brought back by like the strength of her bloodline so she's like she's just like a zombie that's moving forward with slaves <laughs> and and so, so the this like this tiny like slave ancestor part of her that is surrounded by her black father and her mm-hmm. sister who is the reason she came back and then this random white woman <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's just like mm, yeah. i don't know who, like is like wants to yes. touch her and it's all yes. over her yes. she's yes. like yes. oh i don't yes. like it yes. no um so yeah. a, a part of it is that she's she's like brought back by slave magic and they might have a little bit of a bias <laughs> to an yes overly touchy yes. like overly um like manipulative trying to control things in a certain mm-hmm. way type of white woman mm-hmm. so yes yeah. mm-hmm. that makes complete I actually, sense i actually I love that. thank you kind of curious about that just because of the way before we knew what pastor daddy had done like just because of the mm-hmm. way that she had reacted to pastor daddy and i thought that he was white is he was he white in the book he yes pastor daddy's white yeah, he's so very white. There, the only too... the only person of color in their family is Ruth. She is one of those foreign kids that that church people adopt to look cooler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yes. 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 And I got that. But um, yeah, that's interesting. And I kind of thinking like as you were speaking, I'm thinking about how like 
um, Madison and Sutton would like straighten their hair together. And she kind of had that aspect of her before she went missing. And then Casey's kind of teaching her how to take care of her natural hair and whatnot. Like, I wonder if maybe you can answer this, but I wonder if now that Sutton is back from her experience, if she will like start to embrace the that side of her like culture more than she was before. One thing interestingly um, I think about Sutton is that she's not unaware of like yes. those cultural differences. Right. <laughs> One of my favorite lines is that um, you're not a better black woman than me just because your hair is as much a virgin as you are. <laughs> I really <laughs> love that line. Um, that was a good one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She wasn't trying to not have natural hair. It was I difficult see. for her to keep up because um she ha- was constantly working out and needing to right. wash it all the time. Right. And that is like, I really, I really liked all the natural hair scenes. I'm actually trying to figure out a way to put them in my next book. Cause I feel like that's like a really unique and like special way to talk about like that aspect of identity. Um, and it was a pretty fun, like bonding scenes. Um yeah. And it gives you gives you a lot of one thing that's hard when you're writing like conversation scenes is they need to be doing something, but not gotcha. like doing something that's like so distracting that it distracts from the conversation. And gotcha. so um I felt like the hair things with all the, the little liftings and pressings and all that stuff, um, it gave just enough of like a task and something that could be retreated into if you didn't want to like deal with what was being asked of you Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. I do think that Sutton is going to feel more confident in her heritage Mm -hmm. as um now in going forward but I don't think she's going to change too much um I think she will still probably straighten her hair a lot if if um because I do think she's going to go back to cheerleading. Right. I think she's going to do go back to a lot of the things that she does before. It's right. it's just mainly like her communication and her relationship with with um, Casey that's changed. And she's also going right. to have to deal with a lot of changes with like her parents because her parents yes. are going to be a lot less like open to her doing whatever she wants um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now that they have her back. Um, that's true. I, I, you know, in a way, especially once we were reading all of the Sutton cha- chapters, like she kind of became a really misunderstood character almost. Mm-hmm. Like when you start seeing more from her perspective, even when Casey found the note in her phone about like birthday gifts for Casey or whatever, like it, you're, I, I was thinking, oh, I don't think she's as bad as we think she no. is. Like, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 and it's, and it's funny because like, um, obviously you guys don't hate Casey. But like, mm-hmm. I actually, I actually spoke with the leader of another book club and almost everybody in that book club hated Casey. And they were like all team Sutton because they're like, Sutton's just so much nicer. And I, f- I find the but book not really, in- yeah. <laughs> I find, I find the book really interesting because um, you start it from Casey's point of view and she views her sister as a total bitch. So you view her sister as a total bitch. Mm-hmm. And in, in the beginning chapters from Sutton's point of view Sutton doesn't really like dissuade you of that notion Mm -hmm. but then like the more you hear from Sutton and the more that Casey learns about her own sister she is very misunderstood and Mm -hmm. like they care about a lot of the same things um the main reason that they don't get along is because they care so much about the same things that they are afraid to be honest with each other about those things because it would hurt too much if they were that vulnerable and then they were cut off. So they've, they've just been doubling down on cruelty for years. Oh, well, mm. I'm glad that I don't have that in my life, but it makes <laughs> a really good book. Chantal and I always say, if only if only these characters would communicate and then we're like, then we wouldn't have should go to therapy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these characters should go to therapy. Oh, wait, we wouldn't have this amazing book. <laughs> we wouldn't have a book. One more question from Shauna. She, you kind of touched on it already, but she wants to know what happened to Andrew's family and if they got housing. Yes. Yay! Like, like I like, I like to do terrible things to my characters in the process of the story, but I like happy endings. And also, yes. also because Andrew's story is like my story. In my mind, 
Andrew gets his house. He gets a very nice, like, they're supposed to be sort of low-income housing programs that can help mm-hmm. people buy their own homes. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I qualify for those anymore because, like, I have a book deal. Mm-hmm. So it seems mm-hmm. like I have more money than I do because mm-hmm. I get paid yes. in a chunk yep. that... Mm-hmm. But that chunk has to sustain me for like the next three years. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah. it in my head. He has a happy ending because if he yes. has a happy ending, maybe I have a happy ending. <laughs> maybe you will. Maybe you um, will. Andrew becomes a writer too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he writes horror stories. Yeah. <laughs> about girlfriends that come back wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. About yeah. Zombie girlfriends. Yeah. 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 But also, I do think they're gonna get back together, and I, I don't think Andrew would be upset being a house husband. He could be a house husband. Yes. For, yes. For Sutton's like, because Sutton's gonna take over the world. Sutton's gonna. Be yes. Back. Yes. Oh man. No. Okay. Um, Logan is asking. What made you name your characters specifically because her daughter is also named Sutton? I put a lot of thought into this, actually. I named, um, I chose all the names very specifically. I picked Madison because I, I felt like it was like a, a preppy name kind of for a girl mm. like born in like the mid mid early 80s. Um, and for Isaiah I wanted something that was definitely like a strong black name mm-hmm. and Sutton and Casey I wanted their their because Casey's name's actually Cassandra Cassandra um yeah. but Casey isn't somebody who would go by Cassandra so the fact that she like has a nickname herself is like a statement in itself um but I wanted names that uh seemed more upper class almost mm-hmm. um but also kind of kind of timeless because mm-hmm. uh, Sutton feels like a it is a name that you would come across in the past um, and that could outlive certain trends. So, yeah, Whereas Casey's really definitely a more that. modern name. I have a thing about when authors name their characters like crazy oh, yeah. stuff. I just hate it because it makes the reading experience like so much less believable almost when you're reading these characters that they all have insane names and you're like okay cool like when, when would I meet any of these characters and they're all in the same room like sounds accurate it, that's been very interesting in in this next book because there's lots of people from different areas um oh. some people with like like legacy pasts and they have like oh like there's a character um named Theodora um, okay Theodora. but that's like, still like that's like, not yeah, but she goes she goes by Thea. And the main mm. character, her name is Amashe. And Ooh. it is spelled Ooh, beautiful. A-M-A-H-L-E. So it's constantly mispronounced. People are, are being like, Emily? Emily? Um, and so when she gets to this place, like when it's mispronounced, instead of like being able to stand up for herself, she's suggested by somebody in power to change it. And so she she decides mm-hmm. to call herself L because L was all that they were pronouncing in the other thing. And so that's like a part of the narrative is like the moment she gets there, she gives up a part of herself. And she Her doesn't identity realize is stripped. That. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So exactly. names are very important to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm already that. excited for the next. Already excited. Thank you. I'm glad because this book has been kicking my butt. <laughs> it sounds like you're almost done. Almost done. Yeah. Are there any, uh, this is this is just a little bonus extra question from me, but are there any pets in the new book? Okay, so that's something I'm, I might have to like put into the next part because I was like, I really love Romeo, Romeo. <laughs> writing, all, writing all the scenes <laughs> and um, in Shadow with Romeo it was great. Um, he was very much needed light mm-hmm. energy. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, this book doesn't have any pets at the moment. But I was thinking, like, there could be a campus cat. And at a this point, yeah, yeah, at this point, the cat is not in the book. But I have a lot of work to do in revision <laughs> because it's just so much more complicated that I'm still going to try and sneak that cat in there. Yeah. yeah. You know who like... love that? Angeline. She's yes. a cat yes. woman and yes. she has yes. two cats. And you, if you mm-hmm. if you made it a one-eyed cat named Patchy, that would be her <laughs> cat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a cutie too. Also, since it's such a Swifty love letter, like I'd have to put a cat in there. I feel like oh, that's true. true. Yeah. True. Meredith yeah. True. or something. Yeah. That makes sense. Totally. True. True. Yeah. Okay, 
Um, I'm not sure how to say this name. Maybe it's one of your friends. D-E-L-I-A-N. Delian? Delian? Delian, maybe? I don't know. They want to know, which I think we may have already touched on it, but maybe there's others. They want to know what your favorite line is from The Shadow Sister. You have anything where you just wrote it and you were like, yeah. I I like the line, no matter what, both of the parents say it to the girls in different Mm -hmm. like circumstances. Mm -hmm. Isaiah says it to Casey. He says like, you know, like justice will be brought, like will be made whole, like no matter what, when he's Mm -hmm. telling her the story of their ancestors. Um, And then later on when their mom is like confessing that like it's bothered her that Sutton hasn't connected with her and that she suspected that maybe Casey and might have been involved at some point um and she's like you girls you're mine you're mine no matter what and um whenever I sign a book uh in person I put no matter what is the inscription oh I love that that's really sweet I love that too okay so Kaylee would like to know which Taylor Swift song that each character would pretend to hate but secretly love more than life itself. So like Casey, Sutton, Ruth in that area. You know what? Casey is one of my friends. She's also a bookseller. And she told me she asked this question. So I should have prepared for it, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I would say that like... um Sutton probably most of Taylor's songs because she likes to pretend that she's too cool for Ivy, yes, but she's, she's not too cool, cool right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But like, what album would be her favorite? Like, what kind of what is Sutton? Like, is she like maybe like a like a 1989 girl? I or actually maybe? have on my website yeah. at the uh actually have a website for the book called theshadowsister.com and it's got a reader guide and it has playlists for both of the girls and oh, perfect. The- and the like the Negro spirituals and hymns playlist oh, that, that Isaiah was playing while he was building his curriculum. Um, and I put one Taylor song on both of them because I wanted to like, you know, hold myself to a limit. <laughs> and <laughs> on Sutton's, I put Bejeweled um, mm-hmm. because it's, yeah, yeah, it's about feeling like you're not being valued enough by the people mm-hmm. you care about, but you still know that you're hot shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, yep. And on Casey's I put tell me why because it's about like not understanding but knowing that you're not you don't deserve to be treated the way and that the supposed loved one is treating you um Perfect. so those are but those are just songs that represent them so I would say for Sutton like most of Taylor's discography she would pretend she doesn't like but she actually yes Yes. and Casey I I think Casey would probably pretend that she doesn't like um the songs that most of the fandom like doesn't like as much so she'd be like oh yeah i hate me but then she'd be Mm -hmm. like me (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 yes 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 because i I like to say that like we were too mean because that song actually is pretty fun to sing in the car Mm, and the fact that like we embarrassed her into taking out hey kids spelling is fun that was the part of the song that made you realize oh this whole thing is a big joke it's like mm-hmm. we're having fun we're being mm-hmm. silly and then you take yeah. that out the I just wish gone. it I just wish that it wasn't the first hit off of lover because it kind yeah. of like soiled the album for me like if cruel summer was actually the first mm-hmm. hit single that came off of lover that album would have been like bomb for me but instead yeah. I didn't never listen to it because I was like oh what is this <laughs> I like it it's now, by the way. So very, so it's so interesting how how the Taylor Swift like universe would have been changed with different decisions. Mm-hmm. Like without mm-hmm. COVID, we wouldn't have pretty much any of what's come from Sense mm-hmm. Lover. But what would Ruth be? What song? What's Ruth? Mm. I got because I love Ruth. I think Ruth would would have a song that she claimed she didn't like, but actually Ruth oh, is very genuine. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say Ruth is like. Eh, where's her heart on her sleeve she's mm-hmm. like yeah no i like this i don't like this whatever <laughs> she, she was like uh say my name is a negro spiritual and she was yes very yep. diehard about that so yep. yeah yeah true, true, true she has very insistent opinions oh my <laughs> yes. and that's why i think i love her so much we're wrapping up are you ready kind of yeah. don't think don't think about it just tell us i mean you yeah. can think about it a little bit but like don't you know okay you ready i'm ready coffee or tea 
It's funny because I am from Washington, like Seattle area, and I was a barista, so I've tried all types of coffee. I love the smell. I just don't like the taste. Okay. Cats or dogs or fish? (laughs) (laughs) Threw me for a loop there. Threw me for a loop there. (laughs) I am a doggy girl. I love love my dogs. Is the corgi your fave? Do you love corgi the best? corgi because it feels like a rich person's dog <laughs> you're so right because the freaking that is yes yes, yes 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 yeah i have i have like a husky um labrador retriever mix named colby and oh. i have a chihuahua poodle mix named padfoot and oh i love them so much are they best friends and they're the funniest they best are ever? it's so funny because when we got colby we got her at six months and she was very very like energetic and when she was closer to a year old like I read that getting a puppy for your your like dog could like chill them out a little bit and we still wanted her to chill out a little bit so when we went to get Padfoot we were like we want the chillest laziest one you've got and they're like well that one doesn't play with her brothers or sisters much she just naps and we're like all right we'll take her and we brought her home and she's so tiny and like I said Colby is a Labrador like Husky, mm-hmm. she's a big dog and she was yeah. a big dog even when she was a baby. Colby's head was like two times the size of Padfoot. Padfoot could fit in your hand. And like we were holding Padfoot and Colby just like lightly bumped her nose, just like oh, checking her out. Understood. Oh. Yeah. And, pa- and Padfoot was like, whoa, <laughs> like a little hello. Excuse me. Ah. I am here. And since then, she's had Colby and like all of us wrapped around her finger. Colby's taken a very oh. like maternal role. And they just oh. like love each other. It, I, I I love them so oh, much. I'll just oh, open the God. door sometimes, and they'll be in the hallway. In fact, they're probably going to be in the hallway, just like laying like two Wait, by the door. You? Yeah, yeah. Like, Hello, mom. Are um, there? You're doing something back there, and I want to be invited. That's what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually very proud of them for not barking this entire time. <laughs> Good job. So Good job. Sometimes on our pod, you'll hear um clippy copies. Yeah, yeah. You'll hear like Brandy come in. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Are you team ebook, physical book, or audiobook? Ebook, which is, I feel is surprising. Lots of people are like very like anti ebook, but like I especially love reading on my phone because I feel Mm -hmm. like when I'm reading physically, the closer I get toward the end, the more where I am of being close to the end, I start to slow down. But it's a lot easier to lose track of exactly where you are in the book when you're reading on your phone because you can just scroll and scroll. And I feel like I read a lot faster and get more. Interesting. Interesting. Well, then you can, you can like literally read wherever you are if you're at like Mm -hmm. a bank or whatever waiting in line. In the bath, on the bus, everywhere. (laughs) You always have your phone on you, right? Mm -hmm. That would be so much more productive than scrolling the gram or something. Instagram, yeah, exactly. I am trying to like set the phone aside and I got a Kindle specifically so that I could have like the warm light mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. eating screen for reading at bed because it has mm-hmm. been, yes. it has not been good. Like there's sometimes oh, where you. I lose track of where I am in the book and also time. And I look up and it's like 3 a.m. And I'm like, oh no. Like, oh no. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's like the, I made a mistake. Oh no. The, yeah. The scroll of doom, but you're doing yeah. it with a book, mm-hmm. like in a good yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. Funny. What are you currently reading? Oh, what am I currently reading? Well, I'm trying to. <laughs> this book has been beating me up so badly <laughs> that I've been like rethinking my entire life. So I oh, no. started. <laughs> so I've been reading some help self help books. I'm like, okay, I need to get a morning routine. I need mm-hmm. to like take control of my life because obviously it's not the book it's me my lack of willpower and so I've been reading this book called The Miracle Morning um, which is about like six things that you can do in the morning Um, and it's like silence affirmations visualizations basically like you know getting in the positive mindset but then um, it's like exercise for like 10 minutes read and then write. And I was like, you know what? That sounds very, very doable. But like, yes. I got the last yeah. two ones on lock. So, of course, yeah. I can do the other four. That sounds great. And so, nonfiction-wise, I've been reading that. And then fiction-wise, I've been reading a lot of Hunger Games fan fiction because I need Because <laughs> my book is being so mean. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love that for you. Oh, I love that for you, too. Oh, my God. Okay, last question. Any shout outs, any final words, anything you want to 
say I have a publishing, uh, same publisher buddy whose book comes out in January. Her book is called That's Not My Name. It's about a girl, another girl who goes missing um, and another boyfriend who is like accused of doing something to her. But this girl, she's found like on the side of the road and she's taken to a hospital and a guy claims that she's his daughter and her name is Mary and he takes her home. But that's not who she is, and that's not her name. And a couple e. towns over, there's a boy whose girlfriend Lola has gone missing, and he's a suspect. And uh, people are so sure that it's him that they aren't really looking for Lola. Ooh. And so, um, what's what's sounds- your friend's name? What's my friend's book? name is Megan Lally. The book is called "That's Not My Name," and it comes out in January. And she's oh amazing. Gosh. And you oh can, your babes would probably really love. This I was. Book. Going um, to say, I, I think do. we have our January or February <laughs> yeah. read picked. Thank you, yeah, Lily. I can definitely connect that's, you guys. <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah. amazing. All mm-hmm. right. Okay. And obviously, we're excited for all of your upcoming, your next upcoming book. Fingers crossed. Maybe next fall. Everything like that. It definitely, it's def, it definitely will be coming out next fall. <laughs> yes, it has yeah. to. It really yeah. has to. <laughs> well, you've made friends for life with us, so yes. we yes. will read your book on the pod. Yeah. I'm sure we'll read anything next fall. you put out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And and now I'm excited to learn about Pastor Daddy and listen to all yes. these things. Oh, what Pastor you get, Daddy, you know, the babes Pastor have said. Daddy. Pastor Daddy's the worst. Pastor Daddy yeah. had to go. He did have to go. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Wait, when actually when we were talking with Angela and we were talking about like how much we hated Grant and then have you read mm-hmm. her books in the second book she like kills Grant and we were like yes yes thank you yeah so that's how I feel yeah. about Pastor Daddy yes. he needed yeah. to go he, he <laughs> had to go anyways we won't keep you any longer thank you so much for talking with us Lily we feel like we've made a new pod BFF so yes yes it is thank you for so joining exciting. us and Thank I like you. how it's kind of been immortalized. So like other oh, people, yeah. they could read along and then listen to the little exactly. chapters as they read along. Yeah. Yeah. It's like oh, an yeah. infinite book club. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Kinda, yeah. It just keeps yeah. going. <laughs> That's really cute. Maybe we uh-huh. should change our name. In- yeah. <laughs> infinite book club. No, it's, book it's club. a great, a book about Babes Pod is a great name. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll just keep it as like a tagline then or something. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. All right. Have Bye. a great evening. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us over at the Book Club Babes Facebook group for book discussions and to make your book recommendations or on Instagram at bookclubbabes.pod. If you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can email us at bookclubbabes.pod at gmail.com or contact us on our website at bookclubbabes.ca. If you love the Book Club Babes podcast, please tell a friend about us. And until next time, bye! bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.